Welcome back to an all new episode of Dirtcast. I am your co trash raccoon, Madeline Davies. I'm the other trash raccoon, Megan Reynolds. And today, We are talking about 20 years of Harry Potter. We have two guests coming in, Aaron Horton and Josh Nelvin. They have a great podcast called New Wizards, and we're just going to talk about all things HP. I'm so excited. Before we get into that? Yes. Ms. Megan. Yes, Maddie. How do you do? I do well. I do good. Great. I still can't believe it's December and that this cursed year is dragging itself to an end, and I feel really good about that, actually. It is crazy how many things happened this year that I like forgot about. Yeah. Someone tweeted something that was like, hey, there was an Olympics this year. What? (laughs) None of us remember it. Oh my God. There was. (laughs) Yeah. Too much going on. Um, Yeah. Well, every year seems to get more full of things and all of those things happen to be bad. Some are good, but like most are not great. And then maybe just as a self-preservation mechanism, perhaps your mind erases everything that happened. Yeah, maybe it's just like to be kind. Yeah, to yourself, like a less severe version of memento. An eternal sunshine, if you will. I will. Thank you. (laughs) Quick reminder, though. Oh, my God, please. We have a live show happening at the Bell House on January 13th. That's a Sunday. Sunday. 7 p.m. It only costs $10. It does not include drinks. $10 is a small price to pay to see, again, as mentioned before, the electric chemistry that exists between Madeline and myself. Yeah, exactly. Two little trash can babies. (laughs) And we have some special guests, and it's going to be a really fun show. It's going to be really fun. We would love to see you there. Maddie will be wearing something sequined. I will be wearing, ideally, I will be wearing um, a sweatsuit. Ideally, probably not. Maybe I'll wear a sweatsuit too. (laughs) (laughs) Maddie and I will be in our pajamas. Um, It'll be, it's going to be fucking January. (laughs) I've been watching The Sopranos for the first time. Oh, how is that? I am not yet to the point where I'm like crazy about it. Like everybody Mm -hmm. seems to be, but I like it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is like, all I ever want to do now is just like dress like a sloppy gangster. Yeah, like, like, like a waste management yeah, executive. Like, I just want to like walk around with an open bathrobe. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I feel like I'm like really into like the tracksuit look just with like 20 gold chains, you know. It's a strong look that has really never gone out of style. I think it would really work on you. Yeah, I'm just like Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a line from the show. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. just like Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you're doing, huh? That's how I'm doing. Bathro- um, open bathrobe time. Yeah. I went to go see Back to Back in One Day. I saw Destroyer, which is the new Nicole Kidman movie. Which oh, was like, yes. Where she like gets ugly, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's directed by like one of my favorite directors, Karin Kasama. Mm-hmm. And it was so good. And Amazing. So intense, but like really good. And then I saw, w- within an hour of that ending, I saw Mary Poppins. <gasps> oh my God, you went to this great. How was it? <laughs> um, It was, here's what I'll say for it. Okay. I am not huge into kids' movies in general, Mm -hmm. which is weird because we're going to be talking about a children's series that I adore. Mm -hmm. So color me wrong. Um, You're you're just, you contain multitudes. I do. Thank you. So it was a really nice homage to the first one. It's not a remake. It's like a sequel. And so like they kind of kept like the soundstaginess of the older movie, like that Disney like soundstage from Where you can tell like the background is definitely like painted. 
Yeah. yeah. Or just like, yeah, it was more fantastical than things Ooh. tend to be. Emily Blunt was fantastic. I love her. She also just like made the character different while like not being disrespectful to Julie Andrews. Like she made it her own while mm-hmm. also like kind of honoring the, the iconic, material. Right. Um, like she's like really sassy and she was like delightful. Lynn Manuel Miranda speaks in the worst Cockney accent throughout the entire movie. And I would know I'm as not, I talk in a bad Cockney accent all the time. It's true. But it was just like one of those things where I was just like, ooh. Was it like distracting? Yeah, but kind of funny. Okay. For me anyway. Sure. I was glad to kind of have the come down of right. Mary Poppins following. <laughs> From Destroyer. I have one question about that. Is the suffragette song that Mrs. Banks and Katie Nana and et cetera, I forget the other woman, that is that that song's not in it? Is no. It? So it's oh. not, like, again, it's not okay. like a remake. Okay. It's about, like, the Banks' children. Oh, gotcha. I'll watch it. I don't know. It was, it was cute. I wasn't mad at it. Okay, that's good. Which I feel like is the least I can ask for. I think so, too. It's nice to consume a piece of content and then leave and be like, I'm not mad. Yeah, but like, go see Destroyer. <laughs> Give them your money, right? <laughs> and then about Mary sneak Poppins. into Mary Poppins. Sne- there you go. I like that as a double feature. I'm excited to watch both of those films. But you know what else I'm excited to do? Do you? Do you have any idea? I bet it's the dirtiest. Dirt. Oh my God, you're right. Nick Jonas and Priyanka Chopra, who I still can't really, whatever. I'm kind of excited by their 10-year age difference. Oh, that is fun. Just because it doesn't usually go that way. Mm-hmm. And she's like so pretty. Gorgeous. That, I don't know, I'm just like, what's going to happen there? I- <laughs> well, they finally got married over the past weekend in an epic sort of three-day wedding extravaganza. They had a traditional Indian ceremony. Then she also got married in a church. Their entire wedding, which I feel confident, I feel like 82% confident in saying that like most of it was sponsored. Like their wish list was sponsored by, or their wish list, what's the word? Uh, Registry. Yeah, it was sponsored by by Amazon. Amazon. Ralph Lauren dressed both of them. Everybody. Everybody? Um, yeah, the bridesmaids, I think, and oh. families as well. Oh, for some reason, I thought you meant, like, the entire wedding, like, the I mean, whole I wedding. And I was like, Jesus. She looks so beautiful, though, in that, like, oh yellow sari. She looked gorgeous. I think one of my greatest resentments in life yes. is how terrible white people look in yellow. Because I love you look, that you color. You look really good in yellow. Thanks. <laughs> you do. Um, you wear mustard so well. I mean, I wear it all the time because I love it as a color. I find it very sunny and fun. As an autumn slash possible spring, it really works for you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. All right, I'll this take is, it. This is compliment hour with Mary. But in general, <laughs> I feel like it tends to like look better with people with darker skin This tones. is possibly true. Yeah, so they got married. Something I noticed earlier this morning is that her veil was literally 75 feet long. It was 75 feet of tulle. Wow. She had to have six, like, veil wranglers carry it. There's video on her Instagram. People magazine has, like, the exclusive rights to, like, all of the photos. Like, they're on the cover of the Mm -hmm. coming People magazine that's, like, all about their wedding, which I will certainly, with pleasure, purchase and read. Um, I want to see video. Of the wedding? Yeah, because there were, like, musical numbers. Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure we will see it eventually. Yeah. Give us the tapes, Nick. Yeah. 
<laughs> but um, on Priyanka's Instagram, there is a little snippet of some of the wedding video, which is her just like emerging from the church's doors. And then all this like drone footage of this fucking huge like mosquito net of a veil, 75 Jeez. feet long, six people Nick holding it. Nick Jonas looks thrilled. That's like his job now. Yeah. Yeah, it looks, I mean, it It was, it looked very nice. It looked like a great, a great time. And they seem happy. You know, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only noise I can make to yeah. think about their relationship. I think Yay. it's, yeah, it has a, it's the best we can do. It's the best we can do. And you know what? Good for her marrying a man 10 years younger. You fucking get it. And good for him marrying such a honey. Yeah. I mean, everyone wins here. Love wins sometimes. Uh, speaking of love. <laughs> speaking thank of, you. Next. Oh. <laughs> I, next item. That's a good transition. The thank you next thank video you. dropped, and it's a lot. Dare I say too much? I was disappointed. So was I. She does kind of a, an homage to Mean Girls, Bring It On, 13 Going on 30, Legally Blonde. Is there any other one that That's I'm missing? That's it. That's it. And none of them really are linked together by anything. Like, they're not linked together by year or, or like— narrative. It's just, like, Ariana Grande's favorite movies. Yeah, like like some movies from the 2000s that Ariana Grande, a woman who was, like, not that old, liked. Yeah. But the thing about this is that the teaser promo cycle for this music video was— I mean, I guess this is just how music videos are nowadays— but it was just like every like, here's a clip from it. Here's a thing. Here's another picture. Look, Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Have you ever gone out with someone that had no teeth at all? Blah, 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 blah. And then YouTube did a thing that I've never seen YouTube do before, which is like, so it premiered at 3 p.m. Eastern time, like last Thursday, I think. And so when you went to the link, if you were there before 3 p.m., there was a countdown and you could see the amount of people that were, like, Whoa. watching it, which was really fucked up. So, like, I remember, like, we all at work, we were like, okay. We all, like, got on. And it was, like, 2.59. And I was like, what is this? And there was just, like, a countdown. And then it started. So it was, like, an event. But I don't think YouTube has ever done anything like that before yeah. for a music video premiere, which is, you know, great. I If this is our future, then, okay. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. I'll take it. I just love the song so much yeah. that... I did not feel, like, after I saw what the video was, I was just like, okay, two things. One, why these things all together here? Yeah. Two, Ariana Grande needs to get much, much better at uh, lip syncing. Sure. Those were my two main takeaways. <laughs> Maybe the problem is that she, like, doesn't ever hit her consonants hard, so it's, like, true. hard to lip sync that. But when she did that Wicked special, that like Wicked Live special that was on NBC like a couple yeah. of weeks ago, my friend watched it and he was like, she can enunciate. Yeah. Like. She just chooses She not chooses to. not to, but like she's saying some fucking shit from Wicked and she can like yeah. hit all of the things. I maybe mentioned this offhandedly the other day and no one responded. Mm, but um wonderful. The I think like the secret person, like the person who gets burned the most on that song is Ricky. Mm. Um, because it's like, thought I'd end up with Sean, but he wasn't a match. Right. Wrote some songs about Ricky. Now I listen and laugh. <laughs> and that's the only, only one that is like kind of mean. I know. <laughs> 
everything else is like pretty gracious. Yeah. And like he doesn't even get like a like one taught me love and he's, one taught me patience and one taught me like he just he's is none sort of, of those. He's just Ricky. Yeah, he's just Ricky. Oh, poor Ricky. Everyone's like, ooh, dang, Pete Davidson burn. I'm like, Ricky. Ricky. Ricky Justice is like for Ricky. so burned that he like is dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Ricky was just like, oh, like listening to the song, like, okay, maybe I'll be in this. And he hears it and he's like, Oh, oh, mm. that's that's what I get. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, I was with you for how? Okay, got it. Thanks, thanks. So <laughs> nice, so nice of you. As everyone in this world knows, there is no Sex in the City three movie. It, it is, is not happening. It is not happening. Please dismantle the altars and the vision boards you have made requesting this. It's, it's like Charlotte's uh, Shayla box. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, burn your Sex in the City three box. It is not fucking happening. However— That name has been taken (laughs) by someone else. But news about this continues to happen because of the feud or whatever between fucking Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker. But neither of them have weighed in in months. That happened this year, right? Again, I think that happened in 2018, but they'll tell you maybe never. I think it did. However— a little news. I think we talked about this. Um, yeah, we did. They, yes, thank you. My memory not great. So, Mr. Big was supposed to be killed off in the third script. Claimed one podcast. Claimed one podcast. Here is what <laughs> Mr. Big had to say about whether or not he was going to die. Real name Chris Noth. Real name Chris Noth had to say about whether or not he was going to die in a movie that is not being made. He said, "Let's see." Okay, so he was on the red carpet, or he was talking to The Sun, which is a British publication, and they were like, what do you think about him dying? And he said he wasn't going to die. There was no way he was dying. That was all a lie. <laughs> okay, buddy. Hang on. Man with no vested interest in None this. None whatsoever. Claims Mr. Big lives. Lives forever. In fact, the movie continues, and the, you know the franchise just continues, and it's a Mr. Big spinoff. Just kidding. I would not watch that. Please don't make that happen. Big in the city. <laughs> it's just him at the Yale Club like, oh. <laughs> with, like, no shirt. I watched an episode the other day, and he, I thought it was very bad and gross. Carrie was in bed with pearls on, which is, like, annoying to me because who does that? But he was wearing, like, a silk pajama set with the top just, like, completely unbuttoned mm. with, like, his little reading glasses down here, like, oh, looking yeah. at the Wall Street Journal. And I was like, who in the fuck? Ugh. Remember the one where she farts in bed? Yes. And she's so embarrassed. It's like, get over it. Have you never farted before? I mean, listen, everyone has to poop and everyone has to fart. Yeah, and it's like, I'm not saying make it a thing. Right. But don't like, lie. I mean, like, yeah, there's no need to like. You don't have to be like one of those couples that's just like farts on each other. You re- there, there, no, definitely there are <laughs> boundaries. But she overreacts so hard and like doesn't, like she's so embarrassed. Do they fart? Does she fart in bed or is it like? Yeah, she farts in that's bed. That's right. That's right. Oh, and he gets the whoopee cushion yeah. when they're like making a pasta. It's just like, <laughs> she gets so mad. It's just like, that's such, what a boring person. I mean, listen, it happens. Yeah. I, I am, like, so farty that I just, you know, what are you going to do? It happens. It ha- I mean, if if it has to come out, it's better out than in. We're all just gas bags, We're man. We're all just little gas bags. Doesn't matter how much Dior and Prada you wrap <laughs> yourself in. Everyone farts, everyone poops, and everyone, everyone dies. dies. <gasps> oh! Wow. There's some synergy happening right now. We've been doing this for so long that we are the same person.
I am so excited to be sharing a table with two of my dear friends, Josh Nelvin, Aaron Horton, hosts of the podcast New Wizards, which everyone, pause this podcast, go listen to that (laughs) podcast, come back to this podcast. It is a Harry Potter podcast that you guys produced this year. Could you guys actually just talk us through New Wizards a little bit? Yeah, I had never read the series at all. I'm Josh. Um, And, (laughs) you know, I'm now 30, and so my friend Aaron here and I thought that it would be a good idea to uh, put together a podcast where we read it. There are a ton of podcasts like this, it turns out. Yeah, there are actually so many, and we had—I'm Aaron, by the way. There are so many that we we had no idea the idea was actually being done, but I think that Josh had the idea. I just, like, couldn't resist, like, because I I had read them and was a big fan when I was younger, so I was like, oh— we're doing this now. And I hadn't read them in years. So it was just like such a good opportunity for me to just like dive back in. It was awesome. Yeah. And we'd podcasted together before and we thought, you know, it'd be a nice little project podcast. And like of the 7,000 podcasts like this, I think we're in the top 2,500. Oh, wow. easily. Yeah. You know, definitely that. 60th percentile. I would say, you know. <laughs> that's a good, that's nice. That's nice. I like that. I am very biased. But I would say it's the best one. Stop. Thank you. Thanks. It's a good match and it's fun because if you've read the book, you know where Josh is totally wrong in his <laughs> predictions. <Yes. laughs> um, and also where he's right, which is exciting. And I think you guys also strike a really good balance between like kind of the fun, nerdy Harry Potter stuff, which like fans like, but also you're both like smart, cool guys who like can kind of make fun of yourselves. I'm gushing. You I, are. I do. I really love it's it. It's sweet. It's <laughs> nice to hear. And, I and, love And Maddie this. was on a couple times on our podcast. Yes. Wow. Yeah. She was great. She you can skip guest. those episodes. Listen to them first. Megan. Yeah. Are you a fan of the books? I am. I read all of them. I was just, because I'm slightly older than everybody in this room, I think they happened when I was in college. High school. High school. High school. My younger sisters were like the correct demographic. I mean, I guess it, who can say who is the correct demographic for Harry right. Potter? That's the thing. It's ageless. Ageless. Mm, timeless. timeless. Yeah. <laughs> Eternal, <laughs> et cetera. But yeah, I read them all. I will always watch an ABC family marathon of the like 25 hours of the films. You love I do them. love. I do love Mr. Potter and friends. So this year marks the 20th anniversary of the Sorcerer's Stone, That's or crazy. as they call it in Great Britain, the Philosopher's Stone. I, I was waiting for it's that. Much, wow. It's much smarter, I think. The Philosopher's Stone? Well, you know, it just sounds smarter. Because yes. the Sorcerer's Wise. Stone sounds really dumb. Sorcerer is like very Fantasia, whereas Philosopher is like uh, more golden compassy or something. Yes. Yeah. A, a, a Sorcerer's Stone is like Mickey in a little wizard's hat. Being yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. So once it came out in the U.S., it became just an absolute phenomenon. Scholastic bought the uh, U.S. publication rights for $105,000, which is 10 times more than average foreign rights sales. That's crazy. Wow. It also made J.K. Rowling so rich. Um, I was she's, looking. She's so rich. She's like disgustingly she's rich. She's richer than the Queen of England. Incredibly rich. Wait, is that, sorry, is that true? Is that an actual stat? Yeah, she at least for a while. For a moment, she was the richest woman in all of Great Britain. Yeah, wow. her net worth is estimated at six hundred fifty million to one billion. I when Whoa. I was is trying that, to is that euros or pounds or no, US that's dollars. It's dollars. Wow. It's a fuck ton of money. I found that in various. The six hundred and fifty million was in, from Forbes, which feels more accurate than the one billion uh, <laughs> estimated by AOL.com. Wow. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah, and she's still raking in money. This year, she made over ninety-five million dollars, not including tax. Like that's without taxes and fees. Right. All wow. because of Cursed Child, mm. and because of and the movies as well. 
mostly the theme park. Ugh, I oh, cannot yeah, wait to go. Park. I haven't been, and one I day, really Josh, want to. One yep. day we're going to go to that damn theme park. Just one $11 soda at a time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Have you been? I've been three times. You've been three times? <laughs> She's been three times. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> I have, like, <laughs> thoughts. I have, like, hacks. I have all sorts of things. I've heard you go deep on, on what you've experienced there, the various, like, holographs that follow you around and what? egg you on like you're a character and stuff. It, it made me kind of jealous. I want to go. It's so much I wanna fun. I want to go, like, now. But the problem Let's is go. you have to go to the Orlando one. Okay. Which is, like, less appealing, I think, because it's, like— I'll do it. If you go to, like, L.A., you can at least, like, be like, oh, we're going to do stuff in L.A. Whereas no, if you no, go no, to Orlando, no. it's... No, I want the full, I want, like, the best possible experience. Yeah, so, so it's Orlando. It's, okay. Stay at a universal hotel. There's different tiers, you know, finance-wise. Yes. That way you get a one-hour early admission. Mm. And so oh, you just, man. like, book it. It's like, wake up to, and go. <laughs> to Hogsmeade. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, how I want to spend every morning. Just yeah. Waking up and running. Just like literally running. Usain Bolt sprinting <laughs> to Hogsmeade. Yeah. But also you need to get the multi-park pass, which is oh. annoying because Diagon Alley and Hogwarts are in different What? Sections. Oh, that Whoa. is so That's tricky. That's so stupid. Yeah, but no, it's actually what? extremely smart. They make I mean, it fun too because you take the Hogwarts Express <gasps> in between. Get out. And like, like on the Hogwarts Express, there's like a story that's being told. Oh my God, it's amazing. so smart. The whole uh, thing is done so uh, amazingly. I'm so happy. I can't what wait. What would you say is the most satisfying or like narratively satisfying candy that you Ooh, can get there? Like what, what's nice. one that really— The most accurate yeah. candy? Hmm. I mean, none of them, right? Because it's yeah. like they're not magic. I would also say if you go and you get like split a butterbeer because they're actually disgusting. What oh. is it? Like what? <laughs> what well, like what is – my friend and I have talked about butterbeer for like 20 years. It's basically like root beer mixed with cream soda and then it has – it's basically a slushy. And then they put like a cream topper with butterscotch in it. Ew. So oh, it's just man. like pure sugar. That's gross. That, um, that sounds so good to me. Am I am I wrong? <laughs> I, mean, no, I, I mean, I would have three sips of that and then feel like bad. I saw a lot of little kids in just the body like dizzy on it. So Screaming. you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 what, that's sort of where I'm at. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I've gone, it's like you have to get one. Of course. You and then not. it's just like yeah, three sips, and you're just like, oh. <laughs> you just have like the worst headache, and you need your wits about you for the Gringotts ride. <laughs> I was just like gonna ask about that. <laughs> Um, that's the other thing is that the L.A. park is half the size. Oh. L.A. park is only Hogsmeade. No, no. Whereas, like, I don't know. I found the Diagon Alley shit so cool. Oh, my God. And wow. they have, like, a Grimmauld place. There's uh, a Grimmauld? I had no idea there was a Grimmauld yeah, place. There's a, a t- night this, bus. This changes everything. You can, talk to, you can talk to an actor playing Stan Shunpike. Wow. The, wow. That is the perfect character to bring into the park because he's a character enough that you can really play him, but he's not recognizable or important right. enough that you feel like disappointed that it's yeah. not right. like Dan Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not like just Ron, there. Just yeah. like a redheaded yeah. guy. <laughs> I kind of think she's like the Taylor Swift of authorship, mm. authorhood. Expand. In that yes, like Taylor more. Swift <laughs> is such a good businesswoman, right? And that she has she, like, makes sure her hand is in the pot of anything she produces. That's right. true. Mm-hmm. And J.K. Rowling has done the same thing. So if you go to Universal Studios Wizarding World and you buy a butterbeer, she gets a tiny portion of that butterbeer money. Mm-hmm. She gets a tiny portion of the merchandise. She gets a tiny portion of the ticket price. She gets a tiny little bit of everything, which I think, I don't know. I'm trying to imagine that, like, Donna Tart had, like, a goldfinch theme park. Oh. She would think to do well, that. first of all, I would set it on fire. That book is terrible. 
Um, uh, well, se- anyway, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Don- this yeah. is not a Donna Tart, but this podcast. is from, I'll save that. from Forbes, the Tart Cast, the Tart Cast. <laughs> That's my side hustle in 2019. <laughs> oh. Just me yelling. Anyway, yes, yeah. This year there was a, a pretty good Forbes article by Haley C. Cuccinello, mm. uh, breaking down uh, the revenue streams. Um, and so the first largest revenue stream is the books, mm. which it makes sense. The second largest chunk of her income comes from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Rowling receives low double-digit millions from a share of ticket, merchandise, sponsorship, and food and beverage revenue. Wow. That's fucked up. Food and beverage? Yeah. (laughs) Guess what? You get that that cottage pie at the hogshead. So in 20 years, the empire is one billion, you said, about? Um, that's according to AOL.com. Okay. <laughs> it's it's up there, though. It's I mean, like six, 650 million is what Forbes said, which feels yeah. correct. That's pretty good when you consider, like, I compare her to George Lucas, right? Mm, and and mm-hmm. he, same thing until recently, had at least a pinky toe in everything. You yeah. know, you buy like a little C-3PO figurine, he's getting a couple cents from that. And that was since 1977 when the up. first one came out, right? Yeah. 40 years. And then he sold it for to Disney for like three billion, two billion, something like that. It's like a single low digit billion, Ugh. and that's in double the time. So she's she's kind of like a female author Lucas in that yeah, way. Yeah, sure. You know, or is he a male map. director Rowling? Who can say? The Jezebel it's, podcast. It's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a feminist podcast. Thank you. That's fucked up. That's just so much. I mean, it's just so much money. And she's so progressive still, you know? It's like... Right. A well, really a vanguard I, of the issues. <laughs> <laughs> That's like one thing I kind of wanted to talk about, yeah, of course, is her annoying her habit tweets. of tweeting. Like, she'll be like, guess what? Being a werewolf actually symbolizes having AIDS. Yikes. Like, Dumbledore is gay. Dumbledore, like, that was the first one, and I was yeah. like, all right. I was like, I'll take it. What but else? it's like kind of overreaching at this point, I think. Or she's like, Harry should have ended up with Hermione. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all. We we talked about this on the podcast too because when we first started, I asked Josh, like, what do you know about Harry Potter? Like, what's everything you know? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, I remember she tweeted something really stupid about how Dumbledore is gay. And I was like, well, it seems stupid if you haven't read the books, but if you read them, it's like, there's like a little bit because I was talking about the Grindelwald stuff that yeah. happens later on. Right. It's like it's the like there, friendship. There, there's like the a little day. bit of a thing that can suggest that maybe it's true. Mm-hmm. But right. like even that said, what we talked about on the podcast, even after we read that, was that it's all unearned. Yeah, like mm. she didn't write a narrative about being gay in the Wizarding world. Totally, but she's trying to take credit for right. having written totally. that. And I think the the Lupin, you know, werewolf AIDS thing is the same. She didn't write even like a. She wrote metaphor about right. it. Yeah, it was yeah. not even like remotely allegorical. Right. Like the Dumbledore thing, it's not representation. Yeah. Right? Like if you're a young kid who is struggling with their identity and you read the Dumbledore character in the books, mm-hmm. there's no takeaway for you to, you know, I mean, I, mean, I think it's better than nothing. You know, right. it might yeah. be kind of cool to say, oh, I, I hear this is a gay character. Oh, they're so normal that I guess it's normal and everything's good and normal. But right. What you really want is representation. You know, you want to arm the you reader want Dumbledore with Dumbledore just honkering down on that D. Uh, you, uh, not that type of representation. I don't. I don't know. I'm all set. Thank you. I think I think the internet so has covered, has filled in those yeah, gaps. I'm fairly certainly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually that. in for honkering, but continue. <laughs> if you wanted that, it's we there. Have this, yeah. We have this riff in my house where we'll just go, Fire Island, Harry. You've never seen anything like it. <laughs> 
I did ecstasy and watched the sunrise with a 22-year-old named Juan. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That tells me so much. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Even just to like, you could have given me two paragraphs about like their relationship. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I, I would have given her so much more credit. Yeah. yeah. If you'd just been like, I became closer to him than I've ever become with anyone. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it would like, make so much sense, like much more sense of why he like loses himself. Right. Exactly. Friendship, mm-hmm. you know. And then the Lupin thing, when she said, oh, this is supposed to represent someone with a contagious illness or a... um someone who's a pariah because of a disease that they okay. have. I'm like, it doesn't represent that. Being yeah. a werewolf is that. Yeah, right. that's just like, that's, <laughs> like, that's the issue. That's not really a galaxy brain statement. No, This right. man is, has lycanthropy. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> he has like some shit that he has to deal with. It's kind of inconvenient. Like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Thank God for werewolf lean, you know? Yeah, <laughs> sipping on that lean that Snape makes him. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> The zerp that I is. love this. Snape makes oh every every month. Lord, Clickhole, which is one of the only good websites on the internet. I would say so. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. They had a really good tweet recently that was like overstepping. J.K. Rowling says Daenerys Targaryen has Crohn's disease. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about it all the time. That is so. Good. so they, Clickhole really is replace every other website, including Jessica with Clickhole. I'll take it. I'm fine. Were you like paying attention to this like scammer assistant lawsuit Ugh. that she's involved in? It's amazing. No, no oh she my has God, one too. She has one too. Who doesn't? Her assistant, this woman named Amanda Donaldson. So Rowling is suing her for roughly. for making— American. American. Making unauthorized purchases that include $1,900 worth of candles, $2,100 at Starbucks, and $1,577 on two cats. Megan, was this you? (laughs) Yes, this is actually— I know you love candles. I love candles. (laughs) I do enjoy coffee, and I do have— There are two cats in my home, so I am— Hello. You're right. (laughs) Wait, $31,000 American? Yeah. Yeah. That's not— It's like, it's pocket— I mean, it's like what J.K. Rowling finds, like, on the floor of her bathroom. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom in the morning, and she makes that much an interest in that period Yeah, of time, yeah, exactly. You know? It's just mean-spirited at that point. Like, you clearly, you fire the assistant. Right. I mean, stealing is bad. Right. And you know? you're like, you can't be my assistant anymore. Right. You stole $31,000 from me. Right. But, like, She's to, to go deep, yeah. deeper into her pockets just seems mean-spirited. Yeah. She also apparently says she claimed that her sister, her former assistant, collected controlled memorabilia requests from fans and used her position to steal Harry Potter motorized Hogwarts Express, a Harry Potter wizard collection, and a Harry Potter Tales of Beetle the Bard set, all worth, like, again— Hundreds of euros. Hundreds of euros. Like, pocket change. Oh, just commemorative— just like shit. Yeah, shit oh. that she probably has like in a storage room in her fucking castle or whatever. Okay. I think she, the scammer was also like scamming fans. Oh. Right. So like okay. a double scam, yeah. like a okay. many That's scam worse. situation. Yeah. Don't get the cats involved Don't though, get the, you know? I mean, come I on, I just man. like want to know like they, those innocent. cats are very expensive. I need to know every, yeah. I, I need a yeah. biopic about the cats. I need more information immediately. They must be those like Bengali cats. Oh yeah, the ones that are like kind of still like wild animals that I'm scared of a little. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're like big and look like leopards. Yeah, those yeah. frighten me. Oh, actually. those cats are awesome. Those cats. I would, I would scam nope. JK for those cats easily. So now that we've talked about some like real life money and drama, mm-hmm. I would like to talk about the books. I want to know what each of your favorite book in the series is. I want to know what each of your least favorite book in the series is. So the one that taught me love was. <laughs> um, Thank you. Yeah. Please only do it in these terms. Yeah. Thank you so much. 
So my favorite is book five, which Ooh. I think is an uncommon one. Hey, you. I think the series gets really interesting. First off, Luna Lovegood. Love her. Right off the bat. Fuck yeah, it. you guys are real Luna heads. I'm oh, a, she's so good. Yes. Luna Love Best IMO. Maybe the only true <laughs> Ravenclaw in the entire in the entire book series. Maybe. Luna Love Best. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I yeah. like that. Yeah, no, I just like how it becomes super duper interior. And, you know, we've established that Harry's the chosen one. Mm-hmm. And we move away from this kind of like world stage of book four with the whole wizarding cup. And, you know, because book four, the scope just gets really, really, really big. Right. And we're seeing wizards from all different countries and stuff. And now we tunnel deep, 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 deep into Harry's mind and all these visions he's having um, and his struggle with like not learning occlumency at all. Um, (laughs) And his struggle with staying prioritized. He's getting all emo about being a prefect when really like, He's in the middle of this enormous fight between good and evil, and he's like, right. "I didn't get picked at school." He also, he also <laughs> breaks the rules constantly. Yeah, no, he's like, so "Ron how be- got one thing." <laughs> yeah, Aaron, my favorite book, definitely book four, and it has been since I first read them as a kid. Josh is right to point out that there's like a big shift that happens with like the first few books are about like world building and sort of like an adventurer's feel and like a very like sort of light airy, nothing bad can happen to us sort of attitude in the first few books. And in the last few books, it's like darker and more interior and more dangerous. And mm-hmm. I like both of those vibes. But it's really in book four when that shift happens. It doesn't happen at the beginning of book five. It happens at the end of book four when yeah. they teleport to the graveyard. And I remember just like gasping audibly. And it was, it was, it was like an anvil got dropped on my chest when I first read that. I was just like, oh my God, this is totally different than everything I've, anything I've read before. Mm-hmm. And it's like a total departure for the series. Right. And Cedric also just like the immediacy of which he dies. Right. Is. And it's like, mm-hmm. boom, and then he's just like a corpse. Yeah. And you're like, I got my hit of what I fell in love with the series for, that first part. We're flying around on Osseo Firebolt. I'm going to go fight this dragon. Like you get all that cool stuff, all the mystery stuff, the egg stuff, all that. And then you get this taste of what the series is going to become, which is this like paranoid, who's imperious racial conflict, like, piece of paranoia art or whatever it becomes, like, the as far as the plot is concerned. And also just contains the most beautiful bit of LARP by my favorite character, Voldemort, that's in that's in the entire book. So he just goes on, like, his dope monologue about how evil he is, which is, like, my favorite part of any of the books. For sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting that that graveyard scene means so much to you. Kind of seems like maybe Priory and are, Bottom. Are you uh, sort of implying that I'm a follower of the Dark Lord? No, I'm I'm applying that maybe on New Wizards. You've said some uh, really oh, negative yeah. things about she, wand cores and the way that they connect. Oh, the, the dueling laser beams and our oh, friendly Jesus. billowing ghost clouds. I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to drag this interpersonal conflict between us and Maddie into the into I'm the forefront. This. But it, you know, Please. if we're if we're gonna do it, we might have made some comments, and by might have, I mean it's recorded and you can get like it online. Like, I said about, some shit. About how the ending of the graveyard scene with Priori and Cantatum and the gold people coming out of his wand and all the light and shit is, like, actually stupid. The realization that he was okay should have come from within him. And instead, mm-hmm. it was, like, weird ghost parents talking to him, which was silly. I wish that it, it, they had taken the opportunity to do personal growth for Harry instead of getting just getting him bailed out by Deus Ex Machina, like, again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been nice for it to be a little bit more, <clears throat> like, Harry actually beat him a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, actually got out of there. I mean, like, obviously you can't beat Voldemort in, like, a real magic contest. There has to be some sort of, like, thing going on. But I think that was always my argument was that 
if it was just Harry against Voldemort, he'd be dead. Oh, he well, needs, immediately. He needs that extra oomph. 100%. Yeah, but like the parents come out of the wand. They're like, do it, Harry. That's you can do it. Like stupid. that's the part that I – like why, why, does, why can't he just will himself alive on his own? Because Harry has more willpower than Voldemort. Mm. And has more belief than Voldemort. And that's just like a thing that's true of Harry and is always true. So like, let's highlight that. Yeah. This is a, an off-topic question. Do you think Voldemort has a dick? 100%. Yeah. Really? I don't yeah. think he does. Really? But pre or post-Albania? Mm, I think question. post-Albania. Post-Albania? Oh, maybe. Does he have a After like penis? getting like drawn out of the fire. Oh, maybe it's like a little charred like nub, but there's something there. I think it's completely no- normal. I think it's right in the middle of the bell curve for what a dick would be and cool. look like. I think there's not a single pube on the man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he's that smooth. is 100%. No, he's yeah. smooth as like, he's, a, yes, he's, he's totally, a smooth he's, man. Yeah, totally smooth down there. Mm-hmm. I, all just all down over absolutely. his so horrible body. Yep. Um, well, thank you for this uh, departure. <laughs> I just, thank you for asking. It's something that I, I don't think he does. Oh, he definitely does not have sex. No. No, well, Voldemort so, doesn't fuck. But, like, Cursed Child suggests otherwise. But I feel like that was so just, like, kind of a fan fiction almost mm. that I'm just like, I don't think he does. I don't think he has any sexual interest. I don't think he has any reason to ever use anything below the waist. I don't think he eats. He doesn't mm-hmm. eat. He No, yeah. So okay. I'm just like, he's, I think he, he just— He would definitely be a Soylent guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he's a Soylent <laughs> I think I think he's like a soylent guy insofar as he might actually be made out of soylent. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Given his coloration and just like right. generally how his he complexion. moves. complexion. Yeah. Megan, favorite book? Oh, it's Half Blood Prince, the sixth okay, one. Six. Because I love the drama of the Horcruxes. I mm-hmm. think they are hilarious and also really fucked up and dark in a way that I really appreciated. Um, Dumbledore's withered hand. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, I love a journey. So I love that they had to like go try to find all of them. I think yeah. it's really, again, I appreciate the drama of Voldemort being like, I'm going to live forever. So I'm going to place like a little shard of myself in X, Y, and Z and you motherfuckers have to find it. Yeah. And that's my favorite book. My least favorite book is number two. I, yes. That's I my fucking issue. hate that everyone, book. Everyone I hates hate Chamber that Secrets, movie. Dude. I do like Moaning Myrtle, though, because I yeah. think she's extra in a way that I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. And she's also so horny. Hello, hi. Oh, long time no see. Oh. <laughs> she's, yeah, she wants oh, to, yeah. she's super horny. Yeah, that's the only good thing about book two is uh, Mert. I'm also book five. What I like about it is that it adds a lot of complexity to characters and the kind of the concept of good and evil, which for the most part, I think J.K. Rowling is really annoyingly unambiguous about. Mm-hmm. Like other than Snape, who's like in this constant like, uh, uh, you know, like, is he bad? Is he good? Is he this? I feel like for the most part, it's like Gryffindor, good. Yeah. Slytherin, bad. Mm. And it's like in that book, I think that you start to realize that, and I remember saying this on your podcast too, that, like, Sirius did not get out of Azkaban unaffected and that he's actually fucking crazy. Yeah. I just, like, appreciated that as, like, another thing to make Harry grow up a little bit is that, like, yeah, this person who you are kind of putting, projecting all of your love for your father on and all of this, you know, imagined history on is actually, like, a psycho who is really reckless and is going to get himself killed. And then he, spoiler, does. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think I really liked that element of it. And I really liked all of just, like, the history of the Order. It also is where you get to see, like, how much the First War, like, devastated the Wizarding World. Because I think it's another thing that, like, throughout the other books doesn't entirely make sense. But then it's just, like, you see, like, the picture of the Order and it's like, oh, all dead. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. all these guys got blown up. They got yeah. exploded. Yeah. This guy got exploded. This guy also exploded. Yeah. They all, yeah. they just, everyone exploded. These this guy two are turned, alive, but they are so fucked up that yeah. they're in St. Mungo's. Every, and everyone don't recognize not their room. own son. It's in this picture. They're all, they all got exploded. Yeah. Every, every single one. How about favorite and least favorite characters? I guess I'll start. I already said my favorite character is Voldemort. Okay. It's yeah. it's close between Voldemort and Dumbledore for me, but I think that Voldemort ultimately is a more interesting character. Yeah. I really enjoy like monomaniacal characters who are complex in their simplicity. Like people want to read really deep into Voldemort and you can, but like Voldemort's main thing is just like living forever. Yeah. You can talk about the reasons why he wants to do that, his way his upbringing where he felt like he was constantly in danger makes him want to feel constantly safe or whatever. And like, I I grew up weak. I want to be stronger than everyone, whatever. But like everything that Voldemort does in the books and all of everything he does and his whole motivation is just so that he can be immortal and live forever. Right. I just love that you can go deep and go deep and go deep and the answer is the same and the same and the same, but like it's so interesting. You're like, wait, but what about under that? And it's like, nope, he just still wants to live forever. Yeah, Everything he did is so that he doesn't die. When he comes back in book four, all he talks about is like, I've conquered death. But no matter, no matter, things have changed. I can touch you now. He's like sashaying. He couldn't feel better. He's yeah. like monologuing. He's like, everything <laughs> worked. I got killed, but I didn't die, which means I'm a genius. And then in book seven, when he learns that one of his horcruxes got destroyed, he immediately flips out. He's like, holy shit. He like flies to Hogwarts. He's like getting, the, he's getting every, he's got Fenrir Grey back. He's like, get in there. He's just like got everything going. Yeah, and then, rip some throats. Exactly. And then when Harry gets in front of him again, Instead of monologuing like he did last time, he's just like, boom, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kill this guy. Yeah. I don't I don't feel confident anymore. I don't feel safe anymore. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fry this kid yeah, just so I, I can feel do, safe again. I can't do my bond villain right, exactly. exposition. Yeah. I, and I just I, I'm just like a villain guy in general. Yeah, for so, sure. I like yeah. that. You have a least favorite? Do you mean like the character that I think is least useful to the story or the character that I hate the most? Hate the hate most. The most. Oh, definitely Dolores Umbridge, right? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Like, but she's so good. Because yeah. I hate her. Like, yeah. like when she's like on screen, quote unquote, when you read the book. And we haven't seen all the movies yet. We're actually watching the movies and we're still doing shows, episodes about the movies. But um, you see her on screen or in the book and you're just like, you're immediately just so mad. Yeah. You're just like, I, because she reminds you of like, because when, when you read the books when you're 14, this is like the adult that talked down to you when you're 14 yeah. Yeah. that you hated. And it sounds exactly like her, except for that, she does not have your best interest in mind, and there's no excuse. You don't. You, yeah. you have no reason to not hate her, so you just let the hate just, like, flow through you. <laughs> on your guys' podcast, because I think this is the episode I came on, was to talk about Dolores. Right. I described her as she's like Betsy DeVos. Yeah. yeah. She's someone who is just a nice-seeming lady who actually is just horrible Who's and like selfish the devil. and disgusting. Right. What about, like, character that annoys you the most? Yeah, it's like a tie between Seamus the Snake and... The McMotherfucker, Ernie McMillan. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seamus the Snake. Seamus the Snake. Seamus does suck. It's only one Harry. Shut up, Seamus. Yeah, man. Seamus he- secretly sucks. Like, 
count in the books how many good things Seamus does and then how many bad things Seamus does, you're going to, the balance sheet is not going to look the way yeah, you think. The good thing, he like burns his face off. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it. He redeems himself at some point. Yeah, Seamus taught me patience for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what about your favorite, Josh? Oh, Ron. Come on. Ronald? Yeah. The everyman, you know? He is. Woo! Lucky we didn't panic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the start of the series, I got really jazzed about Ron because he's impulsive, yeah, yeah. he's violent, he's dumb. He's like <laughs> this red-headed id impulse, you know, running around the book. And yeah, he just kind of stays that way. Yeah, and it's great. You keep thinking he's going to change, and he just really, just aggressively never. He just does. like yeah. stays in his lane so fucking hard. And you're like, all right, I get it. This yeah. is you. I see it. And the the series really gets away from him. He's not keeping up with no. anything no. happening no. at all, and kind of saves the day like one and a half times. But I don't know. It's just good to have kind of a simple minded guy there in the background helping you. It's like a reliable. Reliable, like, yeah. even though he's not reliable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not at all. He's not. He's a mess. He, so. He's constant. Well, he is yeah. reliable. That's what I meant, yeah. He is reliable in that you know exactly what you're getting mm-hmm. Emotionally volatile. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes. like, how he's going to fuck up and you can, like, prepare you can for plan that. around that. Yeah, which well, is like, nice. I, I don't know. I think you guys have remarked before, if you were in a bar fight, who would you want? Oh, Ron. On your side. Absolutely. Yeah, Ron. Ron yeah. would smash a butterbeer glass into someone's head without even thinking about it. Yeah, What a bruiser. Are you still thinking? Um, No, I have mine. I think my favorite character is Mrs. Weasley. Mm. Yeah. Because, again, I realized, I was going to say Hermione for putting up with these idiot men, but then I was like, you know what, Hermione is really fucking annoying. But I think Mrs. Weasley puts up with so much shit. She has, like, a bunch of, like, rambunctious children. Her husband (laughs) is kind of a moron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, are you okay? Sorry, rambunctious just really gets to him. That's my trigger word. I didn't mean to trigger you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I should have, I should have, that should have been in our writer. I should have put that in there. I'm good. Um, As his legal counsel. (laughs) Mrs. Weasley, because I love their little house. I like that she fucking takes care of shit. Um, And my least favorite character across the board, I think Dobby. Ooh. Mm. I hate Dobby. Mm-hmm. Well, Dobby I, fucking sucks. He's so annoying. I'm so sorry. I felt no. this way. I just Did you see in our show notes, I wanted to know what everybody's most controversial opinion was. Oh. Mine was, I don't care that Dobby dies. Yeah, I don't give a fuck that Dobby I dies. Die, bitch. Care, yeah. Fine. Go away. Kind of like Stop. the only like really useful thing he ever did was get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool death, too. Stop yeah. asking about socks. I'm not going to give you a fucking sock. Get out of here. My favorite character is McGonagall. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Love her. That's, like, actually the answer, yeah. She's just, like, such, like, a tough Bless her. So good. All she cares about is getting that Quidditch cup. Yeah, she's just, like, Gryffindor. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) I don't care about anything else. Just get get us the goddamn Quidditch cup. We'll just fucking win. Potter, this is Oliver Wood. Wood, I have found you a seeker. It's extremely Gryffindor. It's just like, oh, is there something that we can win? Yeah. Oh, I want to. I want to. Like, I'm going to win the thing. That. We're going to get thing. the war or <laughs> the Quidditch World Cup. Not I, I uphold Cup, all laws and Cup. rules unless breaking them would make it slightly more likely that I would win. In, in which, which case, case. <laughs> goodbye. I will win whether or not you like it or not. Do you all have a house? I took the thing mm-hmm. and I what did it oh, told me something and I was mad about it. Ugh, it said it was a Hufflepuff. No. 
Thank you're you. not nice enough. That's true. <laughs> Listen, I was shocked Huffle, for Hufflepuff is not an insult. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I don't think it is either. I was bummed. I was like, "Fuck you!" But I'm not nice enough, so I don't know. I am a Slytherin. Yes. And when I was at the Wizarding World, me and my partner were buying hats to represent our houses, uh-huh. like you do, like you As do. One must. And the cashier said, "Oh, a Slitherpuff. That's my favorite type of couple." Wow. <laughs> Wait, he's a Hufflepuff? Yeah. Nice. I was just like, okay. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a Hufflepuff. No. I just don't think you are. I think you're a Ravenclaw. I think that's probably more accurate. Yeah. I'll take it. You, like, I always explain myself as I'm a Slytherin uh, Ravenclaw rising, and I think nice. you're the opposite. Yes. Ugh, that's good. Thank you. We we took we took Pottermore's at the very beginning, both of us, yeah. to figure out our houses. Like, every other quiz I'd ever taken before that one had always put me in Slytherin, mm-hmm. which, like, that's sure. I, I identify with that on a spiritual level. Totally. But then the Pottermore put me in Ravenclaw, so it kind of it kind of mm. threw me into flux. <gasps> mm. Yeah, um, interesting. I shouldn't have gone to college. I think that's really what ruined me. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <gasps> and then I'm a, I'm a, a Slith as well. Wow. Which Slith is, like, insane bro. if you know Josh. Yeah. But then if you really know Josh, it's not insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like initially I would be like, oh, I think you were either – I think you would be a Hufflepuff just in that you like to cook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you're like a man who like I tends a lot of plants. He's a caretaker True. as yeah. I know. Josh and I have lived together for like, what, eight or nine years at this point. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's all for a nefarious purpose, you know. I so, love that. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Let's talk about movie controversies. Lavender Brown was originally a black actress, and then they replaced her with a white actress Whoa. once she uh, had a role, like a real role to play, which a lot of people are irritated by, and I understand that. Wow. I'm a little irritated by it. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, we're not we're yeah. not there in the movies yet. Both of them but. have their arms crossed right now, and are looking at me <laughs> really sternly, <laughs> like I did it. <laughs> How dare you? I'm sorry. Jamie Waylett, who plays Crab in the movies, lost his role uh, because he was arrested for marijuana possession. I noticed they changed Crab. Did they? I noticed they changed Crab. We just watched the third movie. I was like, is that the same Crab? But then in 2011, he was arrested for possession of a handmade bomb that he planned to use at the London riots. (laughs) At the— at the Wow. He planned a bomb riot? (laughs) He made a bomb that he planned to— Whoa. To— Cool. What is the word? Detonate? Detonate. Detonate. I was like, okay. <laughs> um, which is crazy. That's fucked up. I also like uh, Bonnie Wright, who plays Ginny, got engaged to Jamie Campbell Bauer, who played Grindelwald. Mm. Oh. Their see, engagement I see, I see did not last. Uh, mm. <laughs> and then Daniel Radcliffe had a drinking problem. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Radcliffe. From, from book one? or <laughs> <laughs> No, but he says that there are parts of Half-Blood Prince that he doesn't remember shooting. Wow. He's now sober, but he said, uh, I can honestly say I never drank at work on Harry Potter. I went into work still drunk, but I never drank at work. I can point to many scenes where I'm just gone, dead behind the eyes. Well, wow. I'm going to look for that because I, up into three movies, I've been like gushing about how much I love Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, he really kills it. Yeah. <laughs> so this is like later on, probably five and six is probably where this was like peaking. Mm-hmm. Life um, comes at you fast. Yeah, but now he doesn't drink anymore. Yeah. What do you think of the movies so far, Josh? I think they're fantastic. We just watched a couple days ago. We watched three. We're doing like little watch along MP3s where you like play it and you can listen yeah. to us sort of just talk about the movies. Just talk about how much we love McGonagall. And- yeah. So Dame Maggie Smith. What a treasure. Oh, what a treasure. My gosh. The, She's so the good. British acting in those 
movies in general is just out of control good. Every actor who plays like a secondary or tertiary character is just going so hard. And yeah. it's fantastic. We just got to the first um, director change, which is really cool. Like some things are kind of reimagined between two and three. Yeah, and it's and, Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. Oh, which yeah, is crazy. Right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I had not seen the movies and I was pleasantly surprised at how into them I am. It's yeah. just like, mm-hmm. this is just like a delightful romp. They're fun. And I'm, and I'm down. I'm down to delightfully romp. Yeah, who and isn't? Kind of cute to like watch them learn to act as the it's movies very go sweet. on. It's mm-hmm. very sweet. Like, even though it's like, you guys should have done this in private, but <laughs> but, but we're, you're doing it here for us, yeah. and I love it. Yeah, it's nice. I, I, I kind of felt like Dan Radcliffe started out pretty good and then becomes pretty, like, comes much better. And then Hermione in, in the first movie is sort of like thinking about what an actor would do and doing it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully as the movies go on, she'll like start to actually act. And and same, <laughs> Maddie's giving me the like. Eh. I mean, you can, you know, whatever. Don't even. Say. And then Rupert Grint is sort of similar, but he has oh a do- he so has sort of a doofy clownish character, so it works. He's doing work for me. I I love it when You're he's coughing it? up the slugs. I was dying. I mean, the <laughs> facial gymnastics this kid is doing, coughing up these CGI slugs. Wow. It was he's awesome. Got, he's got a very expressive face. Rupes. Yeah, he does. Yeah. My stepdad, when he wanted to bully me as a child, he used to tell me that I had Grint mouth. That is <laughs> really that awful. Is so sad. That, that is an own like child that can, abuse. That can only Jesus. come from your mom's husband. Oh my only god! Only your mom's husband could own you with that particular. That, that is, is incredible. Vintage oh stepdad own. Wow. Because he would always do that, like downturn, like oh. yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. M- mine told me I had Jeff Goldblum hair. Oh. oh. That was that was the thing. <laughs> oh man. Is it this? As, as like an insult, wow. which like, you know, in 2018, I'm like, please give me. Like, I, I'd love like that. I'll take Thank it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Zaddy Jeff Goldblum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's talking about like the fly Jeff Goldblum. Uh, where there was just a like different. A, there's a lot going on back there. Yeah. It's a lot of action. But still, yeah. I don't know. I still think, I think you would carry it well if you grew it out a little bit. Oh, well, joke's on you, Keith. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was just a, it was a compliment the whole time. Keith is such a stepdad name too. <laughs> I know. Grintmouth. 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 Mm. I mean, he would say it just to, like, pester me. I would put that sitting with, like, a neutral face, and he'd just, like, grin mouth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm going to put that in my pocket. You, you didn't show up to high school, and, like, grin mouth was spray-painted on the side of the— <laughs> yeah, Like, on that. your locker, I told all the <laughs> like, grin mouth. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, okay. Wow, no, no, oh, no. I'm not doing I, this now. I, I get it. If Gotta they did, it was good. all behind my back. So. <laughs> Before we wrap things up, do either of you have anything that you would like to promote? Yeah, newwizards.fm is our website. You know, we're on New Wizards on iTunes and Stitcher and Overcast All that and stuff. Google Play. And um, yeah, I mean, we're done with the book part, but feel free to hit us up. Oh, on Twitter, we're New Wizards Pod. Also, that means that you guys have the entire series that you can listen to. Yeah. Yeah, you could you could binge the whole thing if you felt like you needed to do that for something. If, that, if that's something you desire, you could do it. I, is I, what you're yeah. saying. And Recommend. And we're going through the movies now. We just we just uh, watched movie three. That'll be up soon. So mm, if nice. you want to get caught up on that. And then my CEO would never forgive me if I didn't plug our company, which is called All Voices. It's a very early stage startup. We do harassment and bias reporting third party in the workplace. We're at allvoices.co if you want to learn more. Everyone that signs my checks is a woman. I really like working there. And we're going to do like a soft launch, I think, in January. But. Nice. And then, um, yeah, my company is uh, Dame Products. It's not my company. I work there. Um, <laughs> Where I work, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
Uh, we're a vibrator company. We're a sex, oh, yeah. a sex toy startup. You can use the code DIRTCAST for $15 off. What? Ooh, yes. look at this. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Um, I set that up in Shopify myself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Bless no, your heart. Where if you guys don't know us, we're a women-run, women-founded um, sex toy startup. We're Fuck small, yeah. Um, and yeah, we you know make vibrators that will actually fit into people's sex lives using you know extensive beta testing and market research, and just try to bring sex toys to the same standard that any other consumer good would be held to. Um, so check us out, DameProducts.com. Dame with a D, like Dame Maggie Smith. Perfect. Love yeah. that. Dame Maggie Smith should check it out. Yep. Ah, mm, okay. <laughs> I okay. Thank you, guys. This has been yeah, really fun. Thank you so much. Uh, that has been awesome. Thank you. We're thank so you. happy. Everybody, let's get fifteen dollars off of vibrators. Yeah, <laughs> using code Dirtcast, a fun surprise. Everybody, have a good sex life, etc. And read Harry Potter. And re- have a great sex life and read Harry Potter. The end. Yeah, we didn't even get to talk about fan fiction at all. Oh, that's okay. We, Another time. Another Tw- day. Tw- 20 years from now, we'll be back. Thank you so much for listening to Dirtcast, and thank you to Josh Nalvin and Aaron Horton. This episode was produced by Rachel Withers and was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Montana Mofides, our executive director of audio. Our theme music is by Stuart Wood. If you want to send us a tip or just let us know what you think, hit us up at dirtcast at jezebel.com. You can find us on Spotify, NPR One, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm.